This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Doing a series called Community, and we're focusing on relationships. And uh, yeah, so um, this is the sixth message in the series. And yeah, the Lord worked in the first service. I am trusting it's going to do something beautiful in uh, in our hearts and lives uh, in this service. So I said this over the last few weeks, that it's a revelation that dropped into my heart, that harmonious relationships amplify the beauty of life. In other words, when our relationships work, Life gets better. So, it, you know, you, the moment our relationships are struggling, doesn't matter how beautiful your environment is, doesn't matter how much you have material in a, in a material sense. If your relationships are strained, then it just seems like, you know, life, the, 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 the goodness of life is reduced. But harmonious relationships amplify the beauty of life. Okay, so I want you guys to have a good December. Amen. A good December is a December where our relationships are working and there's harmonious and things are are beautiful. And uh, you're going to thank me one day for what I am going to share with you today. But I want to help you have relationships that work. So if you think about this, the definition of success, what does success look like? Would it be to become a millionaire at a young age? Would it be to have, be an influencer and have many people follow you? Or to be a sports star or whatever? You know, in, in, in the world, there's these kinds of things that guys say, man, that is, that is success. Uh, what we tend to do is the movie stars, the famous business people, sports stars, we, they, they, they put on a pedestal, you know, they, they, have, they revere it. They are worshiped. They're like, man, this is success. This is what success looks like. But if you come a little bit closer and you look at their lives, you see a lot of pain. You see a lot of brokenness. You see a lot of broken relationships often. And the result is a lot of pain that comes with it. A lot of people on the way of pain, relational pain. And so I want to help us today to get onto the way of peace. God's way. God's way is the way of peace. And when we are in his way, things tend to work beautifully. So um, my parents were quite successful at a young age. My, my, my dad was like 30 years old and he was director of a company uh, before all his peers. You know, he was being promoted, good income, high flyer, traveling a lot. And, uh, you know, he... Cum laude, his MBA, and he was just—he was really successful at a young age. My mom was an editor of a newspaper, and she was really respected in the in the town. and And they looked like this ideal couple, but they didn't know the way of peace. They didn't have a living relationship with God, and so they they didn't know what it takes to have a healthy environment for their family, for their marriage. 
The result is that they, uh, grade five, six, my parents divorced. And I, I just remember these moments just w- watching my dad and the, and the pain. My mom as well, the pain that she went through, my dad, the pain that he went through. It was really traumatic for us as a family. So the, I think it was grade five or six, the, the minister came to visit the, my dad asked the minister to come and see him. And I remember them sitting in the, in the lounge at our home. And I, I just remember my dad crying profusely. And then I remember later on, you know, him, especially holiday times, December times, Christmas times, being isolated on his own, you know, sitting alone in, in, in the waterfront in Cape Town at Key Four restaurant on Christmas Day, you know, like on his own. I, I just remember the pain, the way, you know, he was on that way of pain. I saw the pain that broken relationships caused. Because my, my dad was unfaithful to my mom. And so all the friendship circles, all the friends sort of chose sides. And my dad lost a lot of friends. And it was just really painful. The way of pain. And the impact on me, the impact on my sister, there was a lot of pain in our home. And I remember just my school days, it was just, it was just a mess. It was just a mess. And now, looking at our relationship now, you know, so my wife and I, we married for 20 years. And it's just incredible. You know, I'm just so thankful to be able to, to you, you want to be at home. There's peace in the house. There's, you know, we, there's, there's really, there's relational harmony. And it's not because we are good or able. It's just, it's the grace of God. It's we've just moved from the way of pain onto the way of peace. And that is available to all of us. So I want to put relationships on our radar today. As a focus. You see, no success outside of the home can make up for failure within the home. No success outside can make up for the pain, for the failure within the home. And I know some of us have been through stuff. Some of us have been through multiple broken relationships. Maybe divorce, maybe once, maybe more. we, We all have a story. And the thing is, God is not standing on the way of peace, and maybe you're in the way of pain, and he's not standing from a distance condemning you and shaming you. and He's not. He's just saying, hey, how about trying a better way? Come onto the way of peace. Come onto the way of peace. And this is the truth. You can't have relational peace unless you have personal peace. Internal peace will always translate to external peace. But there are so many people that are restless. Now, my dad was restless. High flyer, wrong friends, wrong influences, and didn't know God, didn't know peace, and then started looking at the fence and looking other side of the fence, and the grass always looks greener on the other side. But you know why? Because it's all of all the manure on the other side. That's why the other side looks so attractive. But it's the way of pain. <laughs> okay? 
So when we are restless, you can like, if you're married, you know, and you're restless and you don't have peace, you can wake up in the morning, look at the person next to you and think maybe there's somebody better. I promise you there's no one better. There's no one better. You're like, oh, it's going to be better with somebody else. No, there's going to be more pain with somebody else. (laughs) Do not be confused. Do not be deceived. The way of peace is God's way. But if you don't have peace, you're going to be restless. And if you don't have peace, you're going to start looking all the wrong places. And you're going to find pain. So I'm trusting today, at the end of the service, also to pray for you guys. We're going to trust for peace. We're going to trust that Jesus is going to fill you with his peace. That we won't be restless. That we won't move off the way of peace into the way of pain. That we will stay on track so that we can experience all the goodness that God has for us. Amen. Cool. Let me pray for us. And we're going to get into it. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here. Thank you, Lord God, that you're a good father and you have good plans for your people. And so, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to us today, God. I pray, God, that you will speak to us. I pray that you'll show us the way. And, Lord, I pray your blessing upon our relationships in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So relational harmony should be our highest mission in life. Second only to our relationship with God. Relational harmony should be our highest mission. You know, we dedicated a bunch of babies in the first service. And I told the guys that if you want to see blessing from one generation to the next, you need relational harmony. You need peace in your relationship. That will determine the amount of blessing the coming generations will have. When our relationships are broken, it's just painful. Painful to the kids, painful to the parents, painful for everyone. Okay, so the way of peace is where you want to get into. As I've been sharing over the last few weeks that the greatest relationship killer is selfishness, self. Come on, say it. It's me. You are the problem, okay? The selfish, sinful, negative you. When selfishness rise up, it kills our relationships. And how this works is that when self reigns, you will be restless. You will lack peace. But when Christ reigns, we will be present and we will know peace. So allow the peace of God to come in. So with me and Sonica, after having made our marriage vows, we only ask one question. How are we going to make this work? That's it. Divorce is an option. It's not on the table ever. It's not something you would ever. It's just it's illegal. The only option, the way of peace is how are we going to make this work? Okay. Only question you would ask. So I was praying for a lady in Cape Town some years ago. She was a church leader in a relatively poor um, community. And she, she shared with me that as... You know, when we would pray or when we would worship, she would feel 
a coldness come upon her and like a heaviness would come upon her. And I was like, but that's not the will of God. So I prayed with her. And as I was praying for her, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, she was raped. And I was like, okay. Okay, God, but what are you saying to her? So there's something bad that happened. There's something really negative happened. Something really destructive happened to her. But God, I know you are the Lord who redeems even terrible things. So God, what are you saying to her? And I remember the prophetic word that came to my heart and I just spoke this over her. I felt the Lord say, what people have done to you doesn't define you. I define you. So she broke down just weeping and, and God really touched her and she was set free. And then later on she said, That she was raped by a family member. But you see, it doesn't matter what's happened. God is able to redeem. He says, what people have done to you does not define you. I define you. In other words, God is the source. God is the one that redeems us and purifies us and, and restores us. It doesn't matter what's happened. But for some of us, we've, we've, we've had disappointments in our relationships. We have had moments where stuff has been done to us or, and often it's been our own foolishness. We've, we've lost our way off the way of peace into the way of pain. We've experienced a lot of pain because of our own disobedience to God. Bottom line is God can redeem it all. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter what has been done to you. It doesn't matter the disappointments you've experienced. Some of us are disillusioned when it comes to the topic of love because of the pain. And we bring that into our current relationships and we don't have peace. And then the strain, the selfishness, the issues, the restlessness. And so you need, you and I, we need to trust God to come and redeem, come and restore, come and bring bring peace into our lives. You see, God's way works. This is the good news. Doesn't matter what your past looks like. You can have a new beginning today. You can have a restoration in your relationships today. You can have your heart restored today. Okay, so I want to help us how to move into the way of peace and to receive peace. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 79. It says, To give light. To those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. When you are in darkness, that means that's a lack of peace. A lack of rest for your soul. Darkness. But then there is a guiding into the way of peace. A guiding, a transition from the unpeace to peace. From the path of of Relational destruction into the path of reconciliation and healing. Personal peace will always relate or translate into relational peace. Personal peace. Okay, so you need peace. If you don't have peace, if you have restlessness, you are going to struggle in your relationships. And if we're going to make this work, just seen this. You need, you need to humble yourself. Uh, you know, when it comes to relationships, our hearts are so fragile. It, it, one thing is our own hearts, 
like God, I need grace for me. For not for selfishness to rise, to be the man that I need to be. But God, I also realize I can't control the people's hearts around me. I need grace. You can't control your spouse's heart or your friend or family member. You can't control that. But God is able to protect. God is able to protect. God is able to restore. God is able to, to heal. And so you and I need to say, God, I can't. I can't do this. I can't make this work. I need you. So that's the starting point. If you want the blessing, if you want the grace, if you want to move from the path of pain to the path of peace, the starting point is humility. Lord, I need you. Amen? Come on, say, Lord, I need you. Okay, so that's the starting point. That's where grace flows in. That's when blessing begins to flow in. So in this week, I I saw a vision of somebody's body being filled with like liquid light, just filling up, filling up, filling up. And I realized that that is as as God fills us, we have more peace because he is peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. So the more you fill up with God, the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you look to him, the more he fills you with peace. But the more we feed of the things of this world, the world, the world, the world, it, uh, it fills you up then and like, yeah, you can't, you, don't, you, you won't know peace. Okay, so you need to fill up with peace so that you can be peaceful, so that you won't be restless. Because that inner peace will translate to relational peace. Okay, so why do we often lose our peace? Let's say you have peace. Let's say you are in good space. Let's say you are like, man, things are going well. And then something happens. And suddenly you lose your peace. You freak out. You freak out. You're upset. You've lost your peace. And you're like, oh. Do you know why that happens? I've been asking the Lord. So my, my mission in life is, God, I never want to lose my peace. I have not arrived yet. But I don't want, I'm like, that's my God. Lord, I never want to lose my peace. I always want to be solid, like standing on the rock, Christ, like immovable. No matter what's happening outside of me. And so I've been asking God, Lord, Lord, Lord why this year? I'm evaluating moments where I've lost my peace. And I feel the Lord gave me the answer. He gave me the key. The Holy Spirit said to me, idols, idols, something other than Jesus has become too important to you. Something else. So for instance, maybe stock exchange, you've got some stocks, stock exchange drops and man, you lose all your peace because you've like lost a lot of money. Well, maybe money is your God. Maybe it's too important to you. Maybe somebody says something about you, negative about you, and like, oh, it freaks you out. Well, maybe your public image is your idol. You're just so important to you what people think about you. Maybe you lose some money here or you something happened. Again, money can often affect us. Or whatever it might be, something happens, you lose your peace. There's a very good possibility that there's an idol somewhere there. Something that you need to let go of. Something that you need to lay down at the feet of Jesus. You need to lay it down. I mean, surely you want to you wanna have peace every day of your life. Eh? 
peace, joy, filled with the presence and the goodness of God. And so there's something beautiful in surrender. Hand it over. Come on, say, I'm going to lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down. Lay down whatever that is. It could be the pursuit of success. It could be whatever. Lay it down and you will know true peace. You see, the truth is money, possessions, anything material, it can't go with you to heaven one day. You can't take it with you into eternity. Not a saint. Not a saint. Nothing of this material world will go with you. It is temporal. It will pass. But wow, do we get up, worked up about physical things, eh? stressed, anxious about this natural world. It, we, it just, it so affects us. Let it go. But relationships, you can take that with you. When you invest in relationships, you can take that with you. Amen. So invest in relationships. Devalue material things. Upscale, upgrade the value of relationships. No success outside of the home can make up for failure within the home. Relationships, relationships are critical. And what often happens is that when we experience anxiety, stress, worry, it affects our relationships. Seen this so many times in, in my life, and I know this happens to many people. You get upset at work, you come home, and you bring those issues with you home. It affects you, and it affects your relationships. And that's why we, we need peace. Because when you're in that storm and you lose your peace, it affects your relationships. I spoke to a guy recently whose wife left him and it was just unbelievably painful. And as we were chatting about things and praying and talking about unpacking things, he just said that he realizes for the last five years, he's allowed all the stresses at work to affect him, to influence him. He wasn't present. He took his wife for granted. He took what he had for granted. And he was, he took all the pressure and the stuff from work and it, it made it, it, it was his excuse to neglect his wife to the point where he lost her. Don't neglect. Don't allow the anxiety of life to steal from you. Cause that's what it does. It steals from us. The issues, the, 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 the stuff that happens in our lives. No, that's why you and I need peace. So look at this, Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, be anxious for something. There are some things we should be anxious about. Huh? No. There is no thing, no one thing on this earth that we have the legitimate right to be anxious about. It is a sin. Nothing, nothing in this world has the legitimate right to make us anxious. It says be anxious for nothing. Come on, say nothing. 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 Because if you allow the anxiety in, it will affect your relationships. It will influence your relationships. But in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving. In other words, 
Hand it all over to God in prayer. God, it's yours. I give it to you. God, take it. I often resign from church. I resign from my own church. I'm over it. Lord, it's your people, your church. <laughs> just take it, God. All the problem, you know, all the problems, all the issues, all the, you know, it's just so easy to take it all upon yourself. And I'm like, God, I'm resigning. It's yours. Not going to be anxious. I'm going to be full with peace. I'm going to be full with joy. Jesus, take it. You do that through prayer. Hand it over. Give the business, the finances, the future, the problems in our country. Hand it over. It doesn't have the right to steal your peace. It doesn't have the right to steal from you your joy. Hand it over with thanksgiving. So often we don't realize what we have. You have so much already. I promise you, you have a hundred times more blessings in your life that you are aware of right now. You uncover it through thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be thankful. Sonic and I often do this when we have a date night or something. We like, Sonica gives me homework like any good wife does. And I need to make a list of things like 10 reasons why you would marry me again. Yeah, that is beautiful because I'm reminded. So then we're sitting at a restaurant and then now we're taking our lists and and we're just sharing. And I tell you, it opens your eyes again to what you have. It reminds you, make lists, say it, celebrate, be thankful. Thanksgiving gives us eyes to see the goodness of God. There are more goodness in your life than what you know. Thanksgiving. And then it says, let your request be made known to God. So in other words, just hand it over to God. And the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all understanding. I love that. You see, nothing in this world can give you peace like Jesus can. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to knowing his peace. But everybody's looking for peace, huh? Everybody's running somewhere, somewhere to, we see it worldwide. I mean, this is why there's an explosion of, of interest in Eastern meditation. Cause what? They're looking for peace. But they're not going to find it there. You will only find it in Jesus. Jesus meditation. Now that's going to work. Put your mind and heart on Him. Allow him to fool you. He says, I am peace. Nothing else is going to give it to you. Nothing else is going to give it to you. Only Christ. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, it's like the sentry, the soldier comes and he stands and he guards you. You're in the storm, but you're not losing your peace. You're in the storm, but you have supernatural grace upon your life to stand. And you're not allowing those storms to come in and destroy your relationships. Even though there's pressure. Even though you're feeling the pressure. You are trusting. You're standing. So I was, I was thinking about the last 12, 13 years that we've been in East London. And I, I was remembering seasons where I allowed anxiety in. I allowed the pressures of church and people's problems or whatever else into my life. Financial stress and frustrations and I remember in those times I could not 
be present for my relationships. I could not be present with Sonica. I could not be present for my son. Because I was allowing all these things to affect and infect my heart. Those were wasted seasons. Be anxious for nothing. I'm thankful that I am growing. Because we've had a lot of pressure this year. We've had a lot of issues. And my wife is saying, always ask the wife. Don't ask the man, ask the wife. They, they speak the truth. And my wife says that I am just handling pressure so much better. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want to miss the season. I don't want to be not like I'm not present. So allow the peace of God. Hand the things over and allow the peace of God to come in. Internal peace will always translate to relational peace. Come on, say it. I'm taking back my peace. Come on, take it back. The enemy has no right to steal your peace. So John 14, 25, it says, Jesus speaking, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Present with you. You see, Jesus, I believe, was present. He wasn't allowing stress and anxiety and worry to consume him. He was present. If you want healthy relationships, you need to be present. You need to be here. Now. So the last few weeks, I've been distracted with a few things. I was doing some research of things, and my mind was just... And so my, my, my wife or my son would speak to me, and then I would, like, halfway in the sentence, I would like, just, oh, oh, say again? <laughs> and so after the 50th time that I've said, say again, my wife was like, this isn't right. Either you're going deaf or you are not focusing. I was like, I think I'm going deaf. <laughs> so I apologized. I had the talk. Oh, freaks men out. Uh, this. Look in my eyes. Focus, Leafy. Cake for me. Like, oh, I'm not getting away. I'm not getting away from this. <laughs> so anyway, it's going better now. Praise God. Yesterday my wife said I'm doing much better. I am now present. I'm like, focus, focus, focus. You see, one of the gifts of being a man is we can tune everybody out. It's just like nothing box, happy space. Okay, but that's a negative as well. <laughs> and see, the ladies like the eye to eye. The windows of the soul, they want to peer into your soul. And we are like, that's awkward. That's what men, we want to give us a ball, we want to throw a ball or something, you know. But this, looking in this, like, really awkward. And so sometimes Sonic and I, we do like a restaurant or a coffee shop or something. And then we, and I'm like, my wife is wanting the, shh. Focus. No distractions. That's why I can't have any TVs in line of sight because I'm like going somewhere. So I'm like, oh, and then sometimes I'm just like, honey, I can't do this. I don't have peace. Give me an hour. I need to go pray. I need to get my peace back. And then I will be back and I'll be focused. Peace. But it's tough to do the be present when you don't have peace. Distracted, anxious, burdened, worried. You can't have relational peace. You need to be present. You need to be here now, in the moment, and see. B, 
Be aware. Sometimes we, you know, guys, sometimes we go through life, you've got kids, you know, and, you, and we miss our children. We miss those vulnerable moments where they need you right now. They need you right now to be present, to be aware what they're going through. And I, I just love, you know, in, something I've just always said that we, uh, we want our son in the house. So no hostel going away somewhere. We want to be there because life is going to happen and then we want to help him navigate the challenges of life. And there's every now and again, there's that moment. And then I'm like, okay, focus. Be present. Come on, say it. I'm going to be present. Present. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. The helper, the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to help you. You can pray. You can partner with God. Lord, how should I have healthy relationships? How? God, help me to do this right. And then bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. And when I read this, I realized women have way more of the Holy Spirit than us men. Because they remember everything. I could have said something 10 years ago. And Sonic is like, I remember what you said. I'm like, I can't remember that. <laughs> they remember everything. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us and guide us and teach us. Bring to our remembrance. And in verse 27, peace I leave with you. Yo, I love that. Jesus saying, I have a gift for you. It's called peace. It's called peace for your soul. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. You see, the world's peace is an external peace. It's dependent on circumstances. Jesus' peace is not dependent on circumstances. It's a supernatural peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. There's a place of rest in God. You don't need to be worried about the future. You don't need to be worried about it. You can just hand it over like a child hands everything over to dad. Dad, take it. And he will. He will. So that word peace is the word irene. And that includes peace with God and relational peace. It is, it is being at peace with God and man. It is beautiful. And we find that in the Lord. So there's another aspect to peace, and it's called love. Look at this, Colossians 3.14. It says, above all, above all, above everything else, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Be clothed with love, because that love Binds us together in unity, in harmony, like nothing else. Put on love. So for me, one of the highest, most beautiful forms of human love is marriage. So marriage, I want to take us through the marriage vows. And just unpack it a little bit as a reminder for those who are married but marriage vows, it's, it's a lifelong commitment between two imperfect people. And this commitment is <laughs> some wild vows that you and I cannot fulfill in our own abilities. We just don't have the capacity. We need God to help us. That's why you get married before the Lord. So let's go through that. It says, I, Andre, as my wife is not here, she was your first service. It works better when she's present. 
I, Andre, take you, Sonica, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. And what that's saying is, like, you're my wife. You're not just anybody. You're a gift from heaven. I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to fight for you. You are my wife. And I've made a vow before the living God that this is you and me for life. Then it continues, in prosperity and adversity, even when things, you know, it it is easy when things are going well, prosper, yes, wonderful, easy. But you see, love remains steadfast even in adversity. Love is a choice, not a feeling. It is a choice and the feelings follow the choice. And love is tested in the adversity. So when you make that commitment, when you make that vow, you're saying, honey, in good times and in bad, in adversity and in prosperity, when things are going well, I am with you. The bad times will come, but the bad times will also pass. But love stands steadfast. That next verse in Colossians 3, verse 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ... Rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God reign in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. In other words, when you're in the storm, let peace reign. Not Your peace is not dependent, as I said, on external. It is about his peace within you. The storms will come Next bit of the marriage vows. It says, in sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. It's not fun when someone is sick or continuously ill or not themselves or struggling emotionally or mentally. It's tough. But love says, I'm in. I'm going to be faithful. I am for you. It's an interesting dynamic as you get older. The body is not as awesome as it was 20 years ago. And the wrinkles are a bit more. And the issues are a little bit more. You know, but as Christians, we have an eternal hope. We're going to get new bodies in heaven. I'm like, there's something so beautiful about a, a man and a woman who grow old together. For life. Vow. Commitment. It is. It stands so different. To the spirit of this world. But I believe that is possible in Christ. And I know a lot of us have been through challenges. And broken relationships. And divorce. And whatever. You know a lot of challenges. All I'm saying is. In Jesus. We can have a renewal today. Our hearts renewed. Our relationships renewed. There is hope in Jesus. Amen. So when. um Sonic and I started to date in in the 1990s. She was struggling with a major skin disease, uh, psoriasis. It would just cover her body. And uh, as we were starting to date, she was very ashamed about it and struggling with it. What my response would be to her. And I was like, show me. I want to see. I want to, I want, I want to see. So her legs, everything was like red and, you know, just 
it really looked terrible all over her body, head and whatever else. And she was so afraid that if I would see this, I would just, you know, because we're in the dating phase. There's no commitment yet. And as I saw, I was, I was just like, it was, I mean, I just knew God put us together. So I was just, I don't care. <laughs> I am in. I am in. I'm trusting Jesus is going to heal you, which he did. 26 years of skin disease was healed in Jesus' name. Ten years later, after we got married, ten years after marriage, she, she got healed. Praise God. But even if she was not healed, I'm like, God put us together. I am in. That is love. Love is a choice. Other side of the fence, manure. Here, it's going to be beautiful. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. I want to remind us of this. Then it continues to love and to cherish and to honor in the Lord. To love, to cherish, to honor in the Lord. It's so easy to become familiar with people around us, family, friends, spouse, familiarity. And this is the vows and God, I'm going to honor, I'm going to value, I'm going to respect you all my days. I'm going to value you. See, this is the miracle God does in us. He renews our hearts. He touches our eyes to see the goodness of God, to see how blessed you are with the people in your life, to see. Instead of allowing familiarity to come in. Then your people will be my people. Now that's a tasting one. The add-ons of family. That can taste you. And that's going to be tested this year. This December. You're going to be tested with some family. All of us are going to be tested with some family. But to say part of the vow is I am in for you and your family. I'm going to value your family. I'm not going to be irritated. I'm not going to get worked up. I'm going to love them with all their stuff because love covers a multitude of sins. A multitude. A multitude. You see where we often make these jokes, eh? What do you do if you miss your mother-in-law? You aim again. See, now that's a terrible joke. You should not make jokes like that. That is, I just wanted to show you, don't, don't make jokes like that. That's a terrible joke. No, mother-in-law is like your own mother. That's the vow. I am in, I am committed. And family's going to taste us. They taste us. Easy to get worked up and upset with them. No, this December, this is the challenge. Love well. Love with the love of God. Love is a choice. And when we love well, we represent Christ well. That is the how we should live. Next bit there. And your God will be my God. Nothing unifies as much as loving the Lord together. Your God will. And then till death do us part. I love that. Till death. Get all together. It's awesome. Sonica is not so crazy about till death. She's like still till after death. She's like in heaven, we still gonna, still gonna be one. So we made a deal. We'll have two mansions next to one another and we're going to visit across in heaven. But I am in this for eternity, it seems. Praise God. (laughs) 
till death do us part according to God's holy law. And this is my solemn vow. Wow. Marriage reveals the love of God. Jesus' love for his bride, for each one of us. Till death. Jesus was committed until death. He died for us so that we can have peace. He paid the price that we could not pay. Jesus revealed love. So I want to end off with a few verses from 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to answer this question. What does success in the kingdom of God look like? What does success look like? Real success. Kingdom success. It says there, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, come on, mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. You see, in the kingdom of God, God values love. So you can have all the influence, you can have the miracles, you can have the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you can have success in worldly terms, you can have it all and be an absolute zero in the kingdom of God. You don't matter. These famous people were the billions and the influence and all of that. They are a zero in the kingdom of God. Zero means nothing unless they know him and unless they love well. Success in the kingdom of God is to love well. You can be successful today if you just love somebody well. You can be successful this December without being productive by just loving someone well. That is available to all of us. But have not love, I am nothing. We misrepresent God when we don't love well. We can't just aim for excellence but miss loving people. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned but have not love. It profits me nothing. So even you can even do the right things but with a wrong motive. And you miss out on the reward. We must be motivated by the love of God. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. You see, selfishness cannot reign when the love of God reigns in us. It kills selfishness. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Hallelujah. Love. So the worship team can join me on stage. Next verse, verse 5. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Allow the love of God to fill you. You want to be successful? Want to be successful in the kingdom of God? You want your life to matter? I tell you, when we love well, heaven sees you. Heaven sees God sees, and that's what matters. 
what people say or what people think does ultimately not matter. Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand with me. I'm trusting for a miracle in our hearts today. The last verse I want to read, verse 7. It says, bears all things. Love. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love chooses to stand strong. Even when things don't look good. Even when there are storms. Even when there are challenging stuff in your marriage or family or relationships. Love stands strong. Love bears all things. I was, it, it, it's able to take up a whole lot of nonsense. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers. So I want to ask this question. Do you want to win in life? Then love well. That's it. Love well. Make it your priority. Make it your focus. Make it your passion. In every situation, you're just asking yourself this one question. How can I love somebody well today? How can I reveal the goodness of God? How can I be second? Somebody else be first. Hallelujah. You see, if you don't have peace, if you are restless, you can't translate that into your relationships. So I want to help us today to get onto the way of peace. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you guys. I'm really trusting for God to do something beautiful on the inside of us. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.